The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Uh, as we know, innovation has been the key for success in any kind of business. Today, we are going to talk about a groundbreaking innovation, which is changing the landscape of global business. We are privileged to have with us today, Mr. Blair, who is president and founder of Hotan X, a company that has developed a new groundbreaking technology for optic sensors. And that has multiple uses in industry, in defense, in our, uh, in our daily lives. Mr. Blair is MS in Electro-Optical Engineering from University of Dayton. Uh, he's a BS in Engineering Physics from Marshall University. And uh, uh, he has numerous patents in over 30 technical publications. Uh, Blair has over 25 years of experience in development of this enabling optical technology, which is unique in a lot of senses. You realize when we are in discussion uh, with Mr. Blair. And uh, he was also presented with the National Defense Industrial Association Material Acquisition and Technology Award in recognition of his accomplishments in furthering sensor technology in the area of passive spatial phase imaging techniques. Welcome, Mr. Blair. Thank you, Mahesh. Thank you for having the opportunity to come and talk with you. All right, Blair, uh, please uh, uh, tell our listeners about your uh, innovation. I'm personally pretty excited when I read about your innovation and what you're doing. Uh, please uh, share with our viewers uh, and rather, I would say, listeners, what does it do and what it is? Yeah, Photonics, uh, back about 15 years ago, uh, has developed a technology called spatial phase imaging. Spatial phase imaging is really the application where every pixel in your camera sees three dimensions. Uh, there's various different technologies out there that obviously see 3D, but we actually see 3D in a regular, normal mode as a camera or a video camera would operate. Oh, perfect, perfect. Now, um, what are you seeing the general applications for this technology? We have a variety of applications. Uh, Photonics is focused on driving the sensor technology along with the software analytics for many, many different applications. 
And what we're looking for is strong partners to come in and help develop those applications. And, and right now we're working in the fields of medical, security, industrial, oil and gas, uh, to entertainment applications, and even getting into consumer goods um, that now will offer things to the general public. Oh, perfect. Now, uh, since I live in Houston, I, I, we all live in and, and breathe oil and gas here. Uh, that industry is pretty close to us. Uh, let me start with that. W what kind of um, uh, applications you have in oil and gas and how it's making it easy for oil and gas industry uh, with your technology? We have several different things we're doing with oil and gas. Um, some of the main ones we're looking for, since our camera sees such high-resolution 3D and can see it with a regular lens and long distances and hundreds of feet, we can actually look across some of the large oil uh, devices that are even in the middle of the ocean and can look down the pipe, look down uh, the, the surfaces, and be able to inspect them to all the visual ISO standards that they have available and be able to automatically look at multiple ISO visual inspection criteria and be able to rank all of them from the standard vision that our camera sees and the analytics behind it. So it goes through that very quickly. So it allows both inspection and maintenance applications very quickly. Um, it allows us also to do a lot of inspection, but now in volumetric areas. And this is being used also in a lot of the advanced manufacturing and advanced uh, robotics applications. Hmm. So basically, in oil and gas, uh, as I heard you say, you, for inspection maintenance, it can be done. And definitely, oil and gas uh, installations are not in very easy terrains. So I'll, I'll kind of differentiate uh, or kind of bifurcate into two. One, onshore, the other offshore, let's say subsea or underwater, Gulf of Mexico. We're starting with um, the, um, the, on the land. So basically, mm -hmm. it could be um, um, an oil um, site where you are um, doing exploration or you have equipment lying there. You can inspect it. You can see the condition or in operation pipeline. Yes, it can work in absolutely both because we're inspecting those pipes and those pipelines for any type of surface degradation or material loss that's going on mm -hmm. to every one of the visual ISO standards that they have uh, set up today. So we can keep those safe, uh, secure, and also help maintain them and predict the maintenance in the future as well. Oh, that's excellent. So not only from outside, can it allow uh, a drone, let's say carrying a camera, going over uh, a pretty rough terrain where the pipelines are there for several hundreds of miles, uh, taking pictures? Uh, one is you can, you can take it from outside, but your technology, would it allow to uh, get a feel of the condition of the pipeline from uh, the inside, not the material which is flowing through it, just the condition of pipeline. Yes, it actually could can inspect the entire pipeline all the way to the inside of the pipeline, not in the material flowing through, yeah. but the condition of the pipe itself, because a lot of times the pipe will start rotting from inside out rather than outside in. So we can actually see where there's material loss and where there's areas that need to be uh, repaired before that some sort of damage occurs. I think that's a great help. 
because uh, you're right, the, the quality of oil or let's say the density of the fluid or whatever is happening there, uh, that you cannot control. But if you get an idea by taking pictures from remote device from outside, what's the condition of the pipeline from inside can help in planning some preventive maintenance and even can, can avoid some possible disasters. Absolutely, and we're trying to automate this entire process so that you know it, you don't have to worry about some catastrophe actually occurring. So we're putting these things on drones, we're gonna put them on uh, robotics uh, devices that can crawl along the pipes, anything like that that will allow us to be able to inspect and see from a vision capability what the degradations are and be able to predict long in advance of some sort of disaster occurring. Ah, okay, okay. And and, and share with our viewers, uh, uh, our listeners uh, rather, I would say, uh, in case of um, subsea applications for oil and gas, let's see Gulf of Mexico or anywhere in North Sea, can these this equipment be used on the surface, not dropping into the ocean and up to certain depth, take the pictures which can give the same data which uh, is inside and outside of a pipe on land. Is that a possibility? That actually is, Mahesh. Uh, we've actually proven many, many times that we can actually look from a drone from on top and still be able to inspect and see things underneath the water. Um, that's a very difficult thing for most sensors to see because you get the very strong reflection off the top surface of the, the water. And ours actually is, a lot, is able to see through that uh, very well and be able to see things uh, strongly underneath the water. Nice. Now, that, that, could, that could be a huge benefit to oil and gas industry right there. Uh, yes, we, they, we believe we believe so. Yeah, if they can commercialize this technology for use in their day-to-day -day lives there. Uh, moving on, Blair, how do you see the use of this technology by uh, people in their daily life? Let's say, uh, what's the use for uh, a housewife of this technology? Yeah, we're actually looking very strongly into smart home, uh, which gets into smart home, smart city, uh, even smart highway applications where the sensor technology now is becoming, I'm going to call it the Internet of Things for a minute. That's a coined term that's out there. We're actually bringing additional capability to connecting sensors together in a very, very smart way. You know, it's been known for a lot of years. People are doing a lot of sound technology, listening to voices and understanding what the voices and responding to those voices. We're now adding the vision capability to that. See something, understand what you're looking at, and be able to react to that. And part of that is re reacting to the humans themselves, uh, whether it be the housewife or the husband or the kids that are in the house. As they move through the house, we actually can detect both their moods. We can detect what they're looking at, and we can detect, you know, what they what they would like to see, what they have, you know, like say set up on their TV to watch at a certain time at night. Well, it can remind you and help you get to that at the right time, uh, and be able to again give you all the things you need to to automate your home to a way that makes it more comfortable for you and more efficient for what you're trying to get accomplished. So we're adding new vision capability that's never been around before. That that sounds very interesting. So if I'm looking at refrigerator, I'm feeling hungry. It may suggest what is inside and what I should be eating and what I like to eat. 
Absolutely, absolutely. It can give you, a, and it can even give you a, at that point give you combinations of things you might be able to make from your refrigerator that you can make quickly. Um, and the, you know the, the ovens and stuff can turn on to the right temperature. All those kind of things. Again, it becomes. You know, everybody's got smartphones. It's got lots and lots of sensor technology on it. And so far, it's been limited to mostly your phone. Uh, but that's going to become devices throughout your home at some point that all is smart, that all understands what you want, how you're responding, and how all those things come together, all those cues come together. So um, it, it really is going to be a, a game changer uh, for how people live in their home and, and how um, they can become more efficient in time, just like the phone, the cell phones and stuff have made you more efficient. Yes. So it is more like uh, that the environment around you and devices uh, are becoming thinking devices and then they are literally aligning their thought process or their activities, although they're machines, to what you're thinking about, what you feel like. That's amazing. They, they actually do to a certain extent because they can see where you're looking. Mm. Uh, we actually have eye gaze technology that's driven inside this. Uh, we have emotional response uh, capability and we can respond to your emotions that's going on to that. So we can pick all these different pieces, put them together to create a smarter and smarter uh, device that's going to provide the kind of things you're looking for. Oh, so if I'm looking at a refrigerator, depending on my mood, I'm happy. I'm fearful or I'm angry, it can suggest me something. Yes, yes. That's amazing. That's amazing. Blair, thank you so much. Very interesting discussion. We will take a short break now. We'll be back shortly. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Today we are in discussions with Mr. Blair, president and founder of PhotonX, a company that has developed a new technology for optic sensors. He's sharing with us how this new technology is changing or going to change 
a lifestyle in future. Now, let it go. It's a very interesting discussion. I'm intrigued by uh, what, what you shared with us in the first session about just the two applications. One in oil and gas uh, and uh, offshore and onshore. And also the second one, uh, which is uh, how does it impact us when we are at home? That's amazing. I'm, saying, I'm flabbergasted that somebody can pick up my mood and suggest to me what can be done. But I totally agree with you. It's doable uh, looking at how you're reacting and what you're thinking about. Now, uh, moving on, I just want to know, and if you can share with our listeners, listeners, how does the Photon X visual technology work? which really makes it very unique and is different than some, anything else. Yes, the, the photonics technology called spatial phase imaging uh, actually uses silicon technology that's being developed uh, by us to look at how light interacts with surfaces. Uh, completely unique in the fact that most people like to reflect light out, look for light coming back or using multiple, multiple cameras to create the three-dimensional capability. We've actually built it all now into one sensor application, which also is going to make the technology extremely cheap in the future and very inexpensive to develop because it's all in silicon. Uh, so we're going to see those costs come down rapidly. Uh, our technology uses a single aperture and a single lens, uh, and that lens could be anywhere from an endoscope uh, to a telescope to microscopes, whatever you want to put on the front of this. Our sensor technology will fit into that and drive into multiple different markets. We like to see ourselves as somebody that enables our clients and our customers to do better in their marketplace by now adding new capability and new technologies. Mm -hmm. So the innovation part of it is all summarizing what you just said, which is different than what was being used in past. Absolutely. Absolutely. The innovation is taking it all into the chip. And using a new technology that each pixel now represents a three-dimensional surface, which now builds up multiple, multiple surfaces, millions and millions of small surfaces. Mm -hmm. and, and if you were to say that it replaces a technology or a device, what would that be? What's going to replace? I think it's replacing the standard camera. I'm going to say camera slash video camera. Mm -hmm. It's replacing that now. Um, you know, all 3D technology has always hoped to get there. We now can replace those chips. So even devices in your cell phones, uh, devices for medical applications, other kind of things, will all now have three-dimensional capability sometime in the future. Um, so I think it's really what it's replacing is that camera chip that you now have in your current devices. Okay. Uh, you mentioned a few times about the medical industry. It has an impact. And, and uh, that's that's an important uh, part of everybody's life, you know, and and it's it's very very important that uh, uh, the medical industry is always at the cutting edge, helping people, uh, you know, giving them longevity and giving them better life. Uh, what do you see the role of this technology in in medical? Yes, Mahesh, I see that uh, the medical is probably one of our largest opportunities because it is a way to help people. It is a way to add new vision capability for the doctors, the surgeons, the clinicians, the nurses to now be able to see some of the things that they can't really see good today. 
So we're adding vision capability to them to be able to make better decisions, better processes. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, we've developed a, a camera that goes behind a regular endoscope. The endoscope now allows you to look inside the body through that endoscope, uh, through small holes. Uh, endoscopic technology has been out there for many years using regular cameras. Now by adding the three-dimensional capability, we can actually detect uh, different polyps, different sizes, different shapes of the polyps, actually measure them, be able to look uh, at the tissue density in those polyps, and it could be any kind of uh, foreign uh, device that may be inside there. It could be uh, growth uh, that's occurring. We can see those things and see how your tissue densities, your blood vessels, the blood flow, all that kind of stuff to the areas are changing. Um, and we can detect those things early, uh, which makes a huge difference in, in a lot of the diagnosis and different kind of things that the, that the doctors or clinicians may be looking at to make decisions. Now, right now we've done that in an endoscopic technology. We're now creating a, what we call our three-dimensional tablet system. Uh, our three-dimensional tablet is just like a, uh, I'm going to call it a, a, you know, whether it's your Android or iPhone type tablet. Uh, mm-hmm. We're now creating our new sensors, our three-dimensional sensors onto that type of tablet that now allows potentially this to even go into the homes uh, where people who have initially it's being targeted toward wound care applications for those who have diabetic ulcers, bed sores. It could be if you fall and, and hurt your knee or scrape your knee. You can actually have this now and it's uploaded uh, into the cloud very quickly for doctors to look at and understand what the wound is, what the care management might be. And for instance, what it will do is it will allow the doctor to be able to have the information about the wound size, how much oxygen is actually getting to the surface of the wound, which is what creates the ability for the wound to heal faster is the amount of oxygen that actually gets there. We also, the, the doctor can kind of uh, look even deeper and be able to look at the amount of bacteria, other kind of things that are forming, uh, where there's heat pockets, uh, where there may be tunneling, other kind of things that's occurring underneath the skin to understand what actually is occurring around that wound uh, so they can make adequate provisions for how it's healing, what they need to do to make it heal faster. Um, so there's some real advancements, I think, going on in that area. Now, one of the other areas that we're looking at also is uh, we mentioned before in the oil and gas about the robotics applications. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're very much looking at robotic surgery applications with this as well with uh, one of our clients and be able to actually read a volumetric area and be able to understand exactly where you're going to cut, how much you cut. Uh, one of the things we've been able to do is actually be able to do the eye-hand coordination now of the, the robotic manipulator so that the robot is actually guiding his own hand to be able to do the kind of things that he needs to be able to do effectively, uh, which now changes the way a robot type of surgery could actually occur. Uh, And it's been proven that robotic surgery is very good at being able to have those things heal much faster uh, than before. And uh, also, as we mentioned before, Mahesh, we talked about some of the emotional states. Uh, We're actually Mm -hmm. now moving our emotional states into some of the pain management applications as well. So if you do get injured, you do get hurt, uh, and you do need pain um, killers or pain management kinds of things, this now can monitor your pain on a more accurate, 
quantitative basis so that you don't get more uh, pain medication than you really need. So it can keep you in a much more functional state, but still keep you at a point where you're not hurting as much. So that's all under research right now. It's all being developed uh, for uh, the medical applications. That's amazing. So basically, suppose a doctor wants to treat a patient, and I, I was amazed with what you were explaining. Even if you have a wound, it it will it'll be way better than a regular picture, which it which you can see in a video, and he can analyze what's happening and 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 define a much better treatment process for that. Absolutely, Mahesh. Um, it, it, it provides him things he can't see on the surface. Um, you know, the human the human can't see through the skin, can't see the oxygenization, can't see the bacterial uh, that's forming there. Um, so we're providing that new information that he can see right there on the same image mm-hmm. in a three-dimensional form. So he also sees where it's at. Uh, he can see if the over time, if that wound has changed sizes, shapes, you know, uh, bacterial started forming, he can detect that instantly. Uh, and we don't have to rely on the, the doctor's memory to remember how it looked yesterday because we have the recorded information. Um, so he can make a much more precise uh, diagnosis for you. That's that's amazing. And, and do you think, since it can see, like in the pipelines you're talking about, the inside of pipeline, I'm assuming it will be able to go under the skin, human skin. Can it, do you think it can replace um Something like MRI, if you're looking at a bone fracture or something? I think it can enhance that, Ahish. Um, We look at something where, you know, you're still going to have some MRIs that look deeper inside Mm -hmm. the body. You know, Mm -hmm. we're looking millimeters within the body. The good news, though, is you can bring those uh, MRI images in with ours um, and correlate them together three-dimensionally so -hmm. that you can make better decisions uh, where use the... MRIs where they're really good, and that's looking at still images deep inside the body. For instance, one of the things that we looked at was um, for uh, applications of looking at nodules inside lung tissue. Uh-huh. Um, and what we found there is the you can go get an MRI and you can detect that there is a nodule in your lung. But the problem is when you lay down on the surgery table or do something, your, your lungs are very soft tissue. So that soft tissue will move around, so the nodule moves around. Mm-hmm. So you can't necessarily find it immediately, whereas our technology can go through there, look for that nodule, find the nodule um, while you're on the surgery table, where the MRI could not do that effectively. So right. we're, we think we're enhancing the other tools and providing more information on the fly initially. Mm-hmm. And and I think, uh, you know, if... Uh, if this technology is able to penetrate under the skin, maybe um, even if you do MRI for going deep, this will, be, will become a necessity because some of the things in MRI come as shadows. And yes. this, this may capture between the skin and the bone, I'm saying solid structures like that, mm-hmm. and, and, and can provide more information more definitively than a, seeing a shadow. I, I believe so, and I think those are some of the advantages we'll be able to pull together uh-huh. um, that really will enhance. Again, we're trying to provide information, better information to the doctors, the clinicians, yeah. you know, that, that have to make the call. You know, we're just giving them more data and more right. information. And the good right. news is this type of data also can be stored 
and looked at over time and analyzed how your body and your your functions are changing over time, like the wound care management. You know, a wound doesn't heal in one day. It takes multiple, multiple days. And, you know, some diabetics and uh, bed sore uh, patients and stuff, those can take months to heal. Um, Mm -hmm. And they really need to have something that, allows the the doctors and the clinicians to look at it over time and truly analyze you know what the small difference is because sometimes there's very little difference that occurs even with the treatments that they have so this allows you to see those small uh, differences and and typically what you'll find in those you also get what they call tunneling that's happening underneath the skin deeper in and that's what's keeping it from healing as fast Um, and we can detect those things early on see that they're occurring and try to make an effect quickly. Hmm. That's amazing. Uh, Blair, a very interesting discussion. Uh, We will have to take a short break. We'll be back shortly. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We are having very exciting and amazing discussions uh, with Blair, president and founder of PhotonX, uh, a company that has developed a new technology for optic sensors. And uh, he has been sharing with us uh, a lot of uh, new stuff with this new technology is bringing to our lifestyle. And in the last segment, we talked about uh, how it's impacting the medical industry. Uh, Blair, to me personally, it's amazing, and I'm pretty impressed with what all it can do uh, to help human being. And definitely, uh, I can see this technology has a lot of role uh, in terms of being a tool to improve the lifestyle of a human being. I agree, Mahesh. This is something that is adding that benefit, uh, whether it's in your home or at the doctor or you know, even going to, you know, movies, other kind of things can add new benefits to your life around you. Yeah. 
And uh, we talked about oil and gas industry. We did talk about medical and we did talk a little bit about entertainment. Which other industries you see uh, will see the max impact of this technology? I think one of them um, that sometimes is hard for people to understand is security applications is one of our, our large applications. Being able to see and predict uh, things that may occur that's going to make our world a safer world, uh, which is really what we're looking for is to find a way to you know, create a, create a safe and, and friendly world for everyone out there. Mm. How, how, would, how do you see that role in security? There's basically the regular uh, monitoring or going deeper beyond that? We believe that uh, we can go much deeper than just regular monitors. Mm. Most of the security monitors out there today um, really are nothing more than video cameras that you, in a lot of these cases, you know, it's, it, we go into some of these places and they may have, you know, several hundred cameras. And they all have, you know, several hundred monitors, but typically they'll have maybe 10 monitors that kind of flash around uh-huh. between the hundred different cameras. And you've got a, a, somebody sitting there trying to watch those, and they really can't tell what's going on. Um, and, and there's actually a physical thing where you become monitor blind um, because you've looked at it so long. When something does occur there, you don't even see it anymore. So what we're trying to do is create a smart, intelligent uh, video um, inspection capability and video monitoring in this particular case that automates the process. Or let's say, for instance, you know, someone walks into a room. We can detect one who's in the room uh, using biometric applications. We can detect you know where they may be looking in the room. We can detect if they have a package with them as well, and we can detect what they do with that package. Uh, as certain things. We can tell if they walk into that room, if they're running, if they're walking, if they're going in a certain direction. All this stuff can be monitored three-dimensionally from what we call a volumetric bounding box that allows us to do all these analytics and be able to understand what's occurring. So we can start predicting what we think those people are doing within that setting and that context. Uh, and we can track the people in and out of those various different areas and understanding kind of what their uh, intentions might be within those areas so that we can create that safe environment, whether this be in airports, hospitals, you know, movie theaters, you name it. Wherever you're at, we can create that safer area um, and safer mon- continuous monitoring that now, say, for instance, someone does come through an area and they drop a bag uh-huh. down. Well, now on the monitors that the people are looking at, um, there could be a, a red flag that pops up or the bag itself, let's say it's a backpack. You know, everybody's heard about you know the Boston bombing and all that kind of stuff. So think of it as a backpack. Yeah. They drop the backpack down. Maybe the backpack now turns red on the monitor. So it allows the first responder or the people watching that to send somebody immediately to that area to check it out and see if there's something wrong with it or not. Now, as the person may be moving away from the backpack, let's say it only goes five feet away, well, then it might only change to orange because as long as he's standing within five feet, probably no danger. If he moves 20 feet away and stays away for more than a minute, 
maybe it does turn red at that point, and you know you need to have a first responder there to at least check it out and see what it is. If he comes back within that time period, then you know it effectively goes back down to orange or yellow, and you know it may not be a dangerous package. So all of those scenarios can be played very quickly, and you can start making those predictions and those things before something actually occurs. Um, and it, so it's really again adding that intelligence layer to the video monitoring capability that they already have out there. Well, I think uh, I, I think this is what you just explained. I was listening very intently. This is phenomenal because uh, the places where you have hundreds and thousands of people going, as you said, the marathon incidents, it could be a railway station, it could be a tube station, it could be airport, uh, it could be a marathon or a sports event. If that intelligence layer which you're bringing in just beyond the video, which otherwise get wa gets washed by uh, individuals, and it's very difficult to focus on it, on so many activities going on at the same time, and if that, uh, that extra intelligence comes in, that can prevent a lot. And so this is this is more of a, you know I would say proactive approach to security than a reactive approach to security. That's correct, and that's really what we're looking at. Is right now everything is reactive. Yeah. Typically, if something happens, you go back and you can look at the tape and find out something occurred. But we want to try to get it stopped before it does occur, or to minimize the amount of damage that does occur from some accident. You know, you can't always predict everything because things will happen very quickly. Yeah. You know, it's something that is very rapidly responding, but it's really how fast can you get the first responders? How fast can you get some response there can change, you know, how many lives may be affected by that. So what we're trying to do is add that intelligence layer that gets the, gets the responders to respond much quicker, gets the right people there, at the right time. Um, it could be, you know, if you think about it, we're great at monitoring things and putting the Internet of Things together. So you also know which first responders may be closer to the incident. So you can get those people there faster as well and, and alert them to what's actually going on. You may have a first responder in the area where it may be nothing more than have them go over and, and talk with them or see it. And that may diffuse something from actually happening. So that's what we're trying to do is connect technology, connect our intelligent video layer to it to really make the world a safer place. Yeah, and I'm pretty confident. I'm saying this is, I'm saying there is a clear relationship as you're using at home, your moods, are you angry, you're fearful, you're happy, uh, the same thing. In, in a crowded place, you can isolate those people with their behavior if you can catch it, that intelligent layer. That, That's that that how are they why are they behaving in a certain way you know many a times uh, you can figure it out if somebody is going to do something nasty it can uh, reflect in his behavior and, yes and you can even move in on such things before they even uh, start to execute their plans yeah you know, you think that uh, typically when people are coming in to do harm yeah. You know, if they know they're being watched early, they know people are catching on to what they're doing, you can actually diffuse and, and maybe, you know, keep some of those things from actually occurring. Um, and like I said, you know, as you mentioned, you know, this now becomes, you know, we talked about the smart home. You know, yeah. now we're starting to talk about smart cities, smart areas, you know, smart infrastructure. 
so those are the kind of things now that are adding more capability to that and more things in there that help, again, keep the world a safer place. Um, one of the things we haven't mentioned yet is really the biometrics application, too. Uh-huh. You know, where we can detect faces from a distance, you know, because, again, we, we can see that three-dimensional face at hundreds of feet away and be able to read their emotions even at sometimes hundreds of feet away with the right lens technology uh, to be able to see what's actually occurring. And we can read those emotions from very large distances, which now allows us to predict it further out, um, which is great because, you know, that doesn't mean – you know, let's say I'll use an airport or a train station or something as an example. If you can catch it in the parking lot uh, before the threat even gets into the area, better chances you're going to save more lives or, or protect it a little bit more. We can see fingerprints. If someone walks into a room, we can see fingerprints. Uh, we've detected them as far away as 15 feet uh, in the past. Uh, iris detection and iris recognition and, and eye gazing applications all fall into that as well. Uh, with some of the things that we're actually doing and recording. So you put all those things together and you correlate those things in the environment and start predicting what may actually occur. That's amazing. I think definitely I agree with you. This uh, uh, smart security, let me put it this way, uh, can can really impact uh, um, saving a lot of life from unforeseen circumstances. Yes, and, and, and if we can make a small difference there, you know, that's what we're actually trying to do is to bring all those things together to save lives. The yeah. same thing we were doing in the medical, we want to make, and even the home, we want to make everybody have a more comfortable, more relaxing area and feel more secure in where they're at. Yeah, yeah I, I find it very amazing. I'm saying what you have picked up correctly, uh, and this is the moods, the emotions, if you can pick up. Whether it's at home where you want things to react around you to get you into the right emotional mode uh, by analyzing where you are currently and what you need to either mm-hmm. remain there or move to something. You're happy, yeah, you want to remain happy, then it can support. Same thing is being used on the other side, the fear and the anger and, and the bad part of it, uh, uh, reading it and, and catching that before it can harm somebody or it can create something which can harm the society. So that, that emotional reading and, and, and seeing the facial expression, that's amazing. Yeah, it does. It, it is definitely something that I think is a game changer and kind of the world around us. Excellent. Uh, Blair, uh, this is getting very exciting and very, very interesting, uh, but uh, we will be taking a short break. And we'll be back shortly. Bye. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We are listening to a very interesting discussion with Mr. Blair, president and founder of Photon X, in the global business with Mahesh Joshi. Well, we learned a lot about this new technology and how it is impacting our daily lives. From one end of judging your moods to make you comfortable at home, to the other end in keeping us secure and the society is secured in uh, crowded places or maybe anywhere else, even in uh, at, at your home. Blair, uh, welcome back. Uh, I'm amazed with the technology. It sounds very, very interesting. Now, I wanted to ask you, can you share with our uh, listeners what makes Photon X the most attractive proposition in the market of visual technology? Photonics has developed a new spatial phase imaging technology that sees, records, and understands the three-dimensional flow of things that are occurring. So it's not just the three-dimensional capture. It's also the three-dimensional analytics and understanding of what's happening with the three-dimensional surface changes. Uh, for instance, we've been talking a little bit about the emotional state. So we're actually reading how your face is changing over time, which muscles are actually uh, moving. We can see uh, many, 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 uh, up into the millions and millions of pixels of change on your face. So we, we know every surface muscle that changes, and we can correlate those and understand the emotional states that you actually are going through um, very, very accurately. So photonics, three-dimensional recording but also the analytical approach we have to how we analyze the data is what really makes us and gives us the differentiation from other technologies that are out there today ah, so basically uh, in other technologies you just get an image it could be a good image it could be three-dimensional two-dimensional but in your case you have made the image or whatever picture getting intelligent because you are giving analytics, what does it mean? What it is telling us looking at this image? So instead of you analyzing, looking at it, it's doing that analytics for you. That is correct, Mahesh. Uh, okay. So how, how does that analytics part, like that intelligence come into it? The intelligence is driven from the fact that we're grabbing high resolution surfaces and that goes into creating a volume of a surface or an object, right? It's been proven through many, many studies 
that once you get in and start analyzing the volumetric world and you recognize things by shape and not by just pictures or points or points of reference, you can actually now process that data much, much faster and much, much more accurately than trying to do it, whether it's two-dimensional or three-dimensional point cloud scenarios. We now can get to something that's much quicker. We also have all that data that's correlated together because it's within a single image rather than just a lot of dispersed points. So we actually analyze faster, quicker, more precise, and we recognize surface shapes and volumes instantaneously. Hmm. Now, uh, two more uh, applications come to my mind where I want to pick up your thoughts, which impact the global business immensely, which is manufacturing, and second is logistics, movement of material and uh, all that. Can you comment on these two important aspects of global business? Yes. Um, I, I like the one about the uh, manufacturing because we're actually making some really huge strides to create some automated manufacturing uh, tools to help the manufacturer, one, recognize what he's looking at, recognize how he's assembling it in a single area and single platform. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, we're, we're developing a unit now for various different clients where we're looking at this volumetric box. And we don't care if it's 10 feet by 10 feet, 100 feet by 100 feet. You know, it could be four or 500 feet by four or 500 feet. And being able to, within that volumetric area, be able to re- record and measure precisely anything that's in that field to within three thousandths of an inch. So you got to think about that for a little bit. What that allows, whether it's a robot or a person maneuvering within that area, let's say you've got a robot getting ready to drill a hole to manufacture to put something uh, in, in there. We can actually measure precisely the angle and orientation and direction and position of that exact drilled hole. Um, we can also tell the robot when it's got there, where it's actually angling it, and is it doing it correctly. So we're going to guide that robot to the correct location. So we're now adding very intelligent, three-dimensional, volume. I'm even going to say volumetric analysis as you manufacture and assemble objects within that field. So it now creates a very precise, very uniform way to manufacture things in smaller areas. Uh, so you don't have to worry about large manufacturing lines. You know, Some things are very good at going down a manufacturing line and have things added as you go down the line. Other things you know, are not. They're either too big or they're too bulky or it would be more advantageous and cheaper to manufacture everything in one location. You're just bringing what you need to that location and you're putting it together. The human, typically when we build something, we don't send it down line and do different things. We build it all in one location, in one, yeah. one setting. Now if you can get your robots to be able to have the smarts, the intelligence, and the precision to be able to assemble it right there as though you would do it, uh, we're now adding a capability to decrease the size of manufacturing facilities, increase the efficiency and performance of these manufacturing settings. So I think that's a great thought process for future uh, autonomous manufacturing capability, uh-huh. which 
definitely affects the global world economy for cost effectiveness of how cheap can we build some things can we build them cheaper than what we built them before you know we're already doing great strides and being able to bring cost of things down very quickly and very fast but if we can make now an order of magnitude better manufacturing capability we need to do that and it's going to be done through intelligent visual applications uh, which is what we offer is the upfront visual guidance visual capability um for both the robots and the areas to make the correct calls and the correct decisions uh, as it's putting an item together and assembling it. Perfect. And how about logistics? Like material movement, I see this can be very helpful in in uh, global movement of goods. Ab- absolutely. Uh, we've been working with several companies to uh-huh. be able to look at how you move product from one place to the other, right. recognizing one, the object, recognizing the part, uh, mm-hmm. recognizing where it's being moved and tracking it through its process just by either shape or location uh, of the object and how it moves throughout. So it's very easy to recognize those different things. We're even looking at ways to enhance containers and other kinds of things to be able to increase performance of those items uh, as they're being transported through various locations. Oh, perfect. Now, can, you, can you please, uh, uh, we are heading to uh, the end of our last section. I have two more questions. The first one being, um, can you s- summarize how this technology is going to impact all of us? I, I heard a lot of good things on medical security and the business. Any other thoughts you have? Yeah, there actually are a couple that I think are, are wonderful. And again, the fact that we measure the three-dimensional capability allows us to recognize the emotions and where people are looking. And this is one that's kind of near and dear to my heart is also the educational areas uh, where, you know, if we, more and more uh, education's moving away from the classroom. And this mm-hmm. can be done whether it's in the classroom or away from the classroom. But we want to make sure that, you know, as things become more complicated in the world, uh-huh. that our students and people are being educated the correct way and getting the right responses. So through some of the things we're doing through simulation development for more advanced simulations, this also goes back to educational things of how people learn things. Mm-hmm. We can create a very perfect world where you're looking at, we'll say, a TV screen or a monitor or it really or a classroom. It really doesn't matter, Right. We're looking at how you're responding to that and when you actually get response. Some people are very visual. Mm-hmm. Some people like to read things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's different ways people learn and gain knowledge. And what we're trying to do is through this, we can be more efficient at feeding you the information that makes you learn what you need to learn faster. But we can also augment that with changing the way we deliver the information to you so that you do respond it and we can also determine from looking at your facial expressions looking at your attention looking at how you see things to know when you've actually learned the concepts mm-hmm. um, and what you need to learn so this goes back into uh, obviously virtual reality augmented reality where now learning can become games right it can become a gaming application it can become things that, that drive people's attention, but they're learning the concepts that they need to learn 
as they go through. We're just starting the market right now is just starting to touch that. I mean, it's just starting to get to a point where you know both the educational and the learning and the gaming and the augmented reality are all coming together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we think this will be a huge impact in that area, uh, which obviously, you know, uh, as things get more complicated, we need to make the world easier for people as well and make sure they're getting the foundations that are needed to really growing, you know, the world and America the way we want it to. Exactly. Now, in the end, I just wanted to share with you, Blair, I'm, I was, I'm amazed with the technology uh, you have developed. And... Um, uh, if I were to share with our uh, listeners the top three takeaways for me, what I see is unique technology, which can even capture emotions, and that was not part of the photography, and, and convert into intelligent decisions. And uh, definitely, number one, is going to change our lifestyle, because our moods can be read and, and our surroundings can re- respond to it. Second, it will, uh, it will help in uh, creating... Uh, proactive smart security system to secure the society. Third one is that it is going to help to improve the industrial productivity and improvement in businesses. Uh, is there anything I missed out? This was my top three takeaways in, uh, when I'm very impressed with uh, what I heard today. It's amazing technology which you had developed. Mahesh, I think that was a perfect summary. I think you uh-huh. get grabbed each of the different pieces that we, that I felt were important as well. So uh-huh. you did a fantastic job of pulling those things together. Perfect. Uh, Blair, in the end, I want to thank you so much for a very fascinating and interesting discussion. I wish we had more time to continue. Uh, have a wonderful day and thanks for the time today. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management